Yeah, yeah, welcome back, motherfuckers. This is episode 990. We are 10 episodes away from that big 100. Oh, Brand new LCP. That's a massive milestone, man, especially for me, man. Starting this podcast, like never in a million years did I think I would reach 100 episodes. I mean, the amount of dedication, the commitment, alongside balancing, you know, quote unquote, my, my normal life. Like I do shit, I work, I have a son, I do... So much things outside of the podcast. So to be closing in on 100, let's one more time. I got to clap it up. God damn. But have a great episode lined up today, man. Queen E stepped in. We had a great conversation on something I believe a lot of you guys may relate to, especially in regards to um, reaching that milestone age of 30 years old. Or having a college degree, whether it be a bachelor's, master's, PhD, and still feeling as if I'm 30, I'm 31, 32, and I am still not yet at the place in my life where I want to be. So we spoke about about that. We had a serious discussion about the versus battles that keep popping up, Jermaine Dupree versus Diddy. We also spoke about women's hygiene and um, at what age do women learn to properly clean themselves and so stay tuned for this conversation and much, much more. But as always, man, you guys can support. My IG is Lunchroom Chatterpaw. My cash app is dollar sign NYC Story 718. You guys can click the link in any episode description. You guys can sign up to become a monthly supporter. Lunchroom Chatter Plus is exclusively on Apple Podcasts where you can get Apple, no, Lunchroom Plus, you can get bonus episodes, bonus content. So stay tuned in for that, man. Like I said, man, I make these episodes free. I make these episodes by myself. I fund myself. This is black owned. We independent. I do all this shit by myself, man. So thank you guys also for um listening to Surviving Trauma. It was a four-part series where I spoke about, you know, just domestic violence and ways in which you guys can possibly and hopefully you know, step back from those situations and and begin to have a healthier life in regards to being in a healthy relationship. So as always, man, thank you guys for tuning in. Let's get into this fucking convo, man. This is Queen E and myself. We had a conversation on th- so many things I think you guys will relate to, man. So stay tuned. Then we're going to take a quick break. Bye bye. We back, bitch. Episode 90. As always, share. Let your friends know. Let your friends know the lunchroom is always taking visitors. If they if they want to be more than a visitor, they, they want to step in. They want to become family. They, they want to really, you know, become one with the conversations. Tell them motherfuckers to strap on their seatbelt. And we out. Brand new LCP. <laughs> Why you laugh when I hit the button? <laughs> now, I mean, the other day, man, like, I believe I stumbled into a nice topic where I asked the question about, are you happy with where your life is at right now in your 30s? Like, are you, like, if, 
Like where you are right now, is mm. this where you pictured yourself? Mm-mm. No, no, no. When you were a teenager in nope. college, and um, I had a voice message come through. And now when I listened to it, I was like, like we all in the same boat. It's like, you know how like even in high school, starting college, you mm-hmm. know, graduating college, like you just envision yourself in a certain career. Yeah, Ma- you no, envision no. that from elementary when Ma- you over there doing, uh, what was that game, MASH? Yeah, but I'm saying, <laughs> no, but I'm saying you envision yourself making a certain amount of money, you mm-hmm. know, getting a house, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, all these cars. But, yep. you know, sometimes it don't go that way. But depending on sometimes decisions you make, but hold on, before I get to the voicemail, mm-hmm. like, how old are you? I'm 31. Okay, so at 31 years old right Ooh, now. Jesus. No, at 31, <laughs> 31 is not old. Don't do that. I know, but dang. Okay, but at 31 years old right now, like, the point you are in your life right now, is this where you envisioned yourself when you were a freshman in college? Absolutely not. So I guess at this point, like, when you're, okay, let's, let's take it back to when you were 23, 24. Like, when you got 31 years old, like, where did you envision yourself being in your career or in your life right now in terms of even finances or just things in general? Okay. Um, I definitely envisioned for me to already be successively, you know, like, successful. (laughs) (laughs) Successful, I guess that's the word. (laughs) That's how you know I'm over here. Nah. But um, I thought I would be more successful at 31. Like, I really thought that you know, like my career, I would have already been, you know, but you like, have your master's, right? So you don't consider having your master's as being successful. You know, and everybody tells me that even with the status of what I had during, you know, and what I achieved in, um, during my yeah. master's, it should still be applauded. It, sh- it should, but you know, we are always more harder on ourselves, you know? And so it's one of them things to where I thought that, you know, by 31, you know, thinking young twenties and, you know, my teenage years, I'm, I'm thinking by 30, you know, I'm good. I'm thinking like, you know, the career is already taking off. I'm making the money that I want to already make. Mm-hmm. I'm already married. I got kids. I got a mm-hmm. house. Everything is going smooth. Yeah. And then here I am. You look up and you be like, dang, because that's why everybody is so scared to approach 30. I mean, you're right. But, I, but yeah, but I feel like sometimes, especially in like our community, like like we put those fears, we put those like we like, like we just put those stereotypes on ourselves because. I understand like 30 is like a milestone Yeah in terms it's like of, that middle yeah. age To where it's like you know you're always Told that okay teenage years you're it's teen. like, No it's like teenage years you're teen You know I mean you're you're being You know young and dumb but mm-hmm. then it's like 20s it's like you're an adult But you're a young adult and you're still learning Some people are in college some people are having fun yeah. You're doing young dumb stupid stuff and you're broke And then it's like when they think of 30s It's like 30s they feel like when okay they, Who's they when when society, they Society I don't know who put this in our head yes, but but I'm, Yeah 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 but I'm saying if that's something We learn we have to unlearn it because When you get 30 years old Like be real most people Who hit 30 they are not Yet where they want to be in life and especially now with social media, they be thinking 30, they do. I'm depressed. Ugh, I know I'm a failure. You know, but you, like I said, we have to unlearn that because that causes depression. It causes you to look at your it friends does. and thinks that it does. Uh, you know, my friend is th- is 28 and she's way more ahead in it life does. than what I am. But uh, most of the time, that's not true. That's why I said you have to focus on yourself. I don't yourself. know though because it's how, a lot. I, I, the reason I say that is just mm-hmm. to play devil's advocate. I feel like people who were older than us. And saw us in the 20s. I mean, I used to hear from, like, my older sister, like, or my mama, you know what I mean? Saying, like, oh, you're doing this. 
way better than what I was doing and this and the third and you know kind of still kind of wishing that they did things that same so I just think that it's always going to be a generational thing I mean you're right but even with some of them it's like they're older than you and they are still not yet even with my own mom like she's not yet in the position in which she wants to be no it is scary because you see how short life is and everything and you just want to at least you know yes but i'm just saying when you think like that sometimes like you just put those like those toxic traits in your head it's like it's like, it's like if you're on the highway and you're driving like mm-hmm. and you're driving and you're looking in front of you mm-hmm. you know you gotta you gotta do it but now if you're driving you're looking left you're looking right you're going to crash i mean that's focusing true. on what everybody else is doing so you got so, you, you mm-hmm. kind of got to have that tunnel vision in a way where like i said if you look left you look right it's like you see somebody over there you see somebody to the right side and mm-hmm. you're going to crash not focusing on what's in front of you you got a point but i'm just saying uh, you you i mean you're right but i'm just saying like like so like i said those toxic traits that we have we have to unlearn it but i want to dive into this voicemail man because i feel like this voicemail like it it kind of explains how we all feel in a way. Okay. But to hear it coming from a black man, you know, it just, it puts things into perspective that, you know, we're not alone. There's so many people out here with, with um, college degrees, associates, yeah, yeah. bachelors, masters, uh-huh. and they still are not yet in the career in which they feel like is quote unquote successful. I know. Ain't that strange? It's crazy. But um, let's dive into this voice moment. Hold on. Let me, let me go to the beginning. is am i where i want to be with my life right now and whose fault is it uh no i'm not where i want to be and it is 110 percent my own fault you know when i got out of college i got a nice job was making more money than i had ever made before and what came along with that was a new car and two new motorcycles right as my income increased my spending increased and hold on let's pause it for a second because i feel like <laughs> like that is a point that a lot of people don't really think about in society. That's why they say get financial literacy, no, though. No, you're right. As your income. No, you're yeah. right. But I'm just saying, even even those now in that don't even have college degrees, people mm-hmm. think that the more money you make, now I got to increase my spending. Mm-hmm. Or, like, that's what I even, you know, the other years with, like, in my mind, like, if I'm making more money at work, it don't mean upgrade right away and spend more money on rent on you know oh let me get a second car let me get this let me get that mm-hmm. it's okay to to have increased you know financial capabilities but it don't mean you got to increase your level of spending to match that because then you are right. setting mm-hmm. the, the extra money that you're making you're absolutely correct and i think that that's where liter- you know financial literacy and learning about ways to you know that's why some people when they do make that amount of money they think about putting it in places where it yeah. can't double up and you know eventually last a long time you know I mean, because we see so many celebrities, you know, like, let's keep it real. Like, most rappers, like, they come from the inner cities. Mm-hmm. They come from these poor communities. And it's like like the, the height of their career. They're making tons of money. They overspend. They buy this. They buy that. They buy four houses. And everybody you can only, Yeah. You can only live in one house. And then when your career is not hot no more and the money dries up. You yeah. just it's back to nowhere. And, and it's it's between that people not really telling like I say, we're not taught financial literacy at all and what to do with our money and how to make it last and how to retire but what I mean, can rich we, in a in a sense. We're, but we're what not can we do that. to change that? We have to learn it and actually teach others. That's the really I, I honestly feel like if our community in our sense we was taught about money, if I I mean, let's be real. We we a lot of us was taught or saw growing up mm-hmm. the struggle yeah. in regards to people and how important money was. Yeah. And so when you finally get it, 
it's like nobody oh my said God. It's not. no it's very no, important it's very important but it's one of them things to where if you grew up struggling or you watched your mom struggle or work all these jobs just to try to put food on the table and how important money was when you finally get a bulk of money that you've never seen before in your lifetime it's something where you like well dang what do I do with it now? I mean, but everything you just said should be an example of why you should be smart you about right. spending your money. You right. But then some people, it's a lot of times where they be like, it starts off small. Oh, well, let me just buy this to kind of treat myself. You know, I deserve it, right? Mm. Oh, okay. I like this, but dang, you know, I could afford it. You know, people in your ears, you got the crowd. The, uh, I mean, it depends on the type of people that you're around. You know what I mean? If they're always spending, 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 and then they're, they're not talking about saving and stocks and bonds and trying to triple, you know, like in regards to your income or putting it into certain communities or businesses or whatever that can you know flourish in a sense like i mean if you're not around those type of people and you don't have that mind or you didn't grow up i mean but that even goes back to the convo we had off mic where i said like like so much information is right in our phones it's right on our tablets like if you take the time to actually look because i got a friend Mm -hmm. i went to high school with and like me and him go back and forth because like you know he lives in the bronx and he has over i think about 80 to 85 you know just exclusive sneakers Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you spend three, four hundred dollars on. I'm like, all the money you spent on them sneakers, like it's so many things you could have invested in. You could have bought a car. You could have bought a. It's just it's so many things mm-hmm. you could have. Like, come on, eighty eighty pairs. That's a lot of sneakers. It is. Uh, I guess that's his niche. I don't want to knock his niche. I no, like no, sneakers no, too. No, 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 no. It's nothing wrong with being a sneakerhead, but I feel like as like if you have kids, like mm-hmm. and you grow up and like. Like, you are not yet, like, like I said, where you want to be in life. That's true. Like, going out, spending three fifty, four hundred on sneakers yeah, is that, kind of yeah. counterproductive mm-hmm. in, in terms of growing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the way I feel. But let's, let's get back to the voicemail. That ultimately set me back so much. It's not until now. See, I'm, I'm, I'm 28 now, and I have all my debt paid off. And, Ooh, of course, you know, hindsight 2020, I look back on you know, just my poor spending habits from when I was younger. And I tell you, man, if I did not have those financial hardships, my, well, I'll say financial burdens because I brought them on myself. My goals right now would look a hundred times different than they currently. And my goals right now are very achievable, right? I have some very realistic goals that I think match my lifestyle, match my income. But had I had any type of financial literacy back when mm-hmm. I was first starting to make money, there are just so many decisions that I wouldn't have made that exactly. would have set me up for, you know, just a better future um, at this point in my life. Like right now, I have an account with Charles Schwab and I also have another one with Fidelity. And I talk with these guys monthly about where I want to be, you know, when I'm 30, when I'm 40, when I'm 50. And the numbers that they throw at me, how much I need to save, how much I need to invest is just and sometimes it, it, it'll really get underneath your skin. And I know it does for me because it just makes me realize where my own mistakes with money in my early 20s landed me going. So in closing, I'm not where I want to be in my life and it's my own fault. But I think the first sign of maturity in in life is understanding that that is okay, and I have the power to change that, right? I have the power to elevate myself, to change my financial situation, to change my living arrangements, right? But we have to be proper stewards 
with our money. We have to budget. We have to save. Uh, we have to say no to girls' trips and mimosas from time to time, right? Uh, we can't <laughs> buy the first damn pair of sneakers to come out or 2K. We have to be better with our money and realize that fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars is actually a good amount of money. You don't need to have a million dollars to make a million dollars. What you need is a financial plan. And I'm so glad that I that's true. Question. Mm, let's clap it up. Let's clap it up. First of all, clap it up for him paying off all oh, of his that, debt that by twenty eight. God, yeah. that's admirable. Yeah. I mean, but but like he just said, like to me, like one of the most important things out of what he said is that I'm not where I want to be, and it is 100% my fault. Like, I feel like a lot of people can't admit that. It's like they blame, oh, society, oh, the college, oh, this, 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 my family. But like I said, when you're grown, like even, even when you mentioned about the fact that, you know, like when you're young and like you watch your parents struggle, like that should, it should be, it should be used as like a vehicle to just, it should. I'm not saying it, 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 it does. I just, I guess I'm conflicted on that. Conflicted how? So you think that if you watch your mom or dad struggle, that you grow up and, you, and a, that person can't use what happened yeah, as a way absolutely. to better themselves in their life? Yeah, well, maturity. Yes, yeah. I, I do. Um, it's one of those things to where I like to use myself as an example when he used talking about like how in early 20s you do the most yeah. dumbest Explain things. Explain it. Let me know. Because okay, so what's the dumbest thing you bought? Uh, not even, not even just the dumbest thing Michael that I Cole's bought. Boots? What? No, mm-hmm. it wasn't even any of that. It was something as stupid as I, me having a full ride scholarship to, to what to where to school. I was um, full ride scholarship. Okay, clap it up for the and full ride. It was for you know marching band, whatever the case may be. You know, and um, everything paid for, right? All everything, expenses. the tuition, room and board. I didn't mm. have to pay a dime. And Tell me how you messed it up. I it's it's one of the things to where I went off and I was doing school, but then everybody was like, "Oh, we going to Miami? Oh, we going to Orlando? Or we, you know, so saying, you put school on the back burner? Tra- no, it wasn't even me putting school on a back burner. It was me sitting here thinking that I had to take out a loan just so I can get a refund check because I wasn't working yeah, and I needed yeah. extra money now, to be no, able I'm saying, to. I can understand that, but a lot of college kids, like I mean, like when you're young, like that refund check is on point. But that's where it, it started. Sets you, yeah, it sets you because it's when you it's look back as a 31 year old, you're mm-hmm. like, bro, that was the dumbest thing yeah. that you could have ever done you because you no didn't debt. have to you didn't even have to mm-hmm. you know what I mean and so with me thinking oh it's just a little bit at this time just so I can get this refund check oh we going to Disneyland okay where we going oh we going to Miami oh like you know like just them ride you know them college rides where you just hop in a car and you just go mm-hmm. and it's one of the things to where it was like at that time unfortunately I didn't have the financial literacy at that point and then my mom wasn't helping either she did not have the and she will account for it you know right now but did you learn it when you were younger or you just no she because she still wasn't she wasn't financial um you know like in regards to she had bad habits I guess when it comes to spending she definitely because I was asking her I'm like mom I need some money and then I was like but then I mentioned something about refund and she was like well try the little you know encouraging in the sense to where it was like because she didn't have the money my mom too she like she kind of pushed me to get loan and stuff 
like that to she where it did that. impact it because it was like, well, you can use that. You ain't got to yeah. worry about that right now. I mean, but to be fair, like at the time, it is helpful. It was. It's very helpful. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't regret but them the decisions at all. But you know, me effects. moving, yeah, with me being out in L.A. and mm-hmm. still trying to, you know, okay, I gotta pay, I gotta pay to live out there. I'm yeah. in school. Okay, let me take out the loan yeah. and pay for it. Cali so, do cost a lot, so so it's one of them money. things to where you think back and it's just some as small decisions like that and how big the increase of the loans that you was taking out and then you look up and you be like who mm-hmm. was them degrees worth all of that yeah. you was know what it? I mean was it worth it I mean I'm still in school yeah I mean yeah 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 <laughs> so it's still undecided at this point yeah so it's just one of them things to where it's like you do realize the dumb mistakes that you made in your 20s yeah. and that was due to not being financially literate about anything dealing with money I guess so. So learning from that, like, do you take the steps now to educate yourself on better spending habits or do you just still, you know, just expect the knowledge just to fly in your head? I actually um, it's a lot of things that I have looked into and also be, you know, like reading upon um, different articles and stuff like that regarding how to increase, you know, like, yeah, if I make six figures. Yeah. It's not going to make a difference if I make if I have bad spending habits. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Exactly. I'm really. I'm not going to feel that yeah. six figures. And so my goal is to get there. But then it's like I want to make sure that I stay there yeah. in a sense. And then it also you know pass it along to the next. Yeah. You know, like my child I, in a sense. I so, mean, because going back to what he says, seventy thousand. Like that can be a lot. It like, is a lot. No, no, no. I'm saying if you spend it well, yes, it can. But, it can. But you got to understand, like if like if you make. 70, 80,000, it don't mean go above your means. Yeah, it don't mean buy yet, you know, yeah, whatever yeah. like that in that sense. It's just one of them things to where you have to realize what's important. What is the goals that you're trying to yeah. do? Be Some smart. people be over here like, yo, my goal and I be re- watching YouTube, different um, YouTube families and stuff, like it's a black family on there and they was like they go was to retire early. Yeah. Like they ain't want to work no more. And yeah. I was like, and then. I mean, that can be a goal, but is it realistic for you? But that's the thing. They were sitting there breaking it down to what it was of the you know what they wanted to achieve and how they achieved it and eventually they did get there in documentary yeah. and it was an older black couple yeah. of course with kids and they just was stating how but even with that you got to be careful everybody's life path is different so so like don't look at them oh they're 45 50 and they're no, retired no, no, no. no right 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 everybody's path is right. different everybody path is yeah. different because a lot of them you know yeah. they start they didn't have student loan debt yeah. and stuff so that's what i'm saying it's a, it's different walks in life but mm-hmm. that it just shows that they took it upon themselves <clears> just Hearing those stories and, yeah. and, and getting tight, all motivation, but you got to yeah. be careful too at the same time. It you do, and I just feel like it's one of the things. Like I say in the beginning, we were not taught financial literacy mm-hmm. at all. Like in high school, at, it like it was nothing that was discussed. It's yeah. just kind of like okay, graduate, oh, okay. Oh, y'all got, and then they be, I mean, they be flocks I mean, on but college campuses I mean, but trying that, to get you to um, yeah. get them student I mean, loans. But after college, you kind of just on your own. It's like, you free mm-hmm. now. You and gotta, yeah. You think about it, though. I remember going on campus, and it was a whole, what was it, Bank of America and them just yeah. right there Chase, trying to sign card, folks up. Yeah. You want a credit card? want a credit card? Because that's how they get you, because, you know, when you're in college, a lot of college kids are broke. So, yeah, exactly. So if, so if you can get a credit card that's with 5000 on mm-hmm. it, now, you know, 5000 it's a lot, but what kids don't realize is that that's not your money. That's true. It's like you can, of course, yeah, you can walk in the store and buy something for two thousand, three thousand mm-hmm. dollars, but you got to pay it back. And that's something that you know was so funny because I was taught, like you said, when you look at how you grew up and what was, yeah. you know, like your upbringing and how your family or parents struggled. It's like, like I, I don't look, want that, right? And I looked at it where 
credit cards was getting them into trouble. Mm-hmm. So I had the initial thought that, oh, I don't want a credit card. I don't want to touch no, no, no. it. I've yeah, seen it. No. But this is how I grew up. Though, credit thinking. cards are amazing but now. Exactly. Yeah. But at 18 and 19, you could not have told yeah. me that because growing up, I just saw, oh, credit card debt, credit card debt, yeah. in that sense of how it impacted them. And so when people was trying to get me to get a credit card, I was like, I don't want one. I don't I mean, want but, one. I mean, but that debt is, is um, self-inflicted. It is. It is. And so I just saw it's almost like you see the generational of, you know, the lacking of financial literacy Mm -hmm. in your family, like, you know, grandparents, parents. And then now it's up to you to sit here and learn it so that your child won't have have to go go through that same same thing. I mean, he I agree that is. Yeah, it is. It's on us in a sense. And then, you know. It's it's hard because it's like I mean some people don't realize it until they're until late forties or something you know I mean you're right now somebody who don't realize something man Omarion he was on on a radio show getting interviewed by Big Tigger and now remember we had the conversation before about like who would be a good matchup for Omarion versus <laughs> yeah now Omarion had a great idea in terms of who he thinks would be a good matchup for him now let me play the clip and you tell me if if this is a good matchup for Omarion. So, Omarion, nobody that you you you're not gonna put it out there who you might want to go against. Um, like I said, it's only it's only a few people. I mean, I I mean, people have been throwing around some names, you know. Um, I throw some names at you. Okay, Ray go J, ahead. Baby Ray J. Yeah. I mean, he did everything. <laughs> Come on, now. what about mm, Chris Brown? Got to go with CB. What that, about? Mm-hmm. I mean, we could throw a little group in there, maybe Pretty Ricky. How you gonna go against all the Pretty Ricky? <laughs> <laughs> like can... Now hold on. Now with the Samsung, I, guy... I thought that clip was longer, but he said that he thinks Omarion will. Be, I mean, not Omarion. That Chris Brown will be a good matchup <sighs> for him. Now I'm gonna say this right now: if it's Omarion versus Chris Brown, it's probably gonna be either 19 to one or 18 to two for Chris Brown. Now, now. Hold up, let me think for a second. Now, are you saying that Chris Brown would win that match? That's that's yeah, it's not even fair. I know. Okay, I was just making sure yeah. that we was gonna say. I, I mean, but now to be fair too, like like I don't want to just dismiss Omarion because I feel no, like, he has wait, a lot he of has hits. Some hits. Wait, what was his what was his hit solo? Oh, he had I, oh that that started. No, yeah, but he had Icebox. Yeah, remember the Icebox? Yeah, touch. Oh, hold on, he got some sleeper hits then. I'm telling I, you. No, no, no. I, yeah, he, I, I'm not sleeping on Amari on that. But do he got a 20? Man, you better add B2K up in that thing. Yeah, but he even, was the lead singer anyway. Yeah, but okay, okay. So, so what were the hit songs of B2K? Bump, bump, bump. What we had uh huh. Their first one. Uh huh. Bump, bump, bump. What do girls want? What was the song? What, 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 what do girls do? want? That's not, that's not. I don't, what, I don't what, what was the name of that song? What do girls want? That, that was a hit. Okay, so what about. What was the song with Diddy? Was that Bump Bump Bump? Yeah, it was. And what else? That's it? Oh, uh-uh. They had that um that R. Kelly one. Oh, he got supposed to be. I'm saying, remember that song with R. Kelly when it was like How how it go? Because I can't they play performed it. it at the Chilling in My Home. It's about that. What's what's the name of that song? I wish I could play it, but it's contractual. I can't play that. I know. Damn. But it was um it was something with R. Kelly that they performed at like the BET Awards, and it was yep. all like swinging out the uh, in the damn air and stuff. Like oh. it was, it was hot though. Okay, but but let's take out Chris Brown. Like, who was the good matchup for Morion? Like I, off the top of your I head, I don't know because <laughs> we had this conversation <laughs> off mic. Now, Neo, I don't like like Neo's too overpowered. 
Neo is not a good matchup yeah. for no Amarion. Absolutely not. Then he said Ray J, but nah. Like, Ray J ain't even got that many hits either. I mean, that'd be for entertainment purposes. Like Ray I J, mean, got, Ray J one got some. She got. It was some cute songs. It's one but, other song, but it's yeah, it's not the one with um Lil Kim that he had and stuff. But oh wait a minute, wait a minute, yeah, yeah but that's but, two. Okay. You can't even name five. I can't, nah. Exactly. Yeah. So we're, no, not Ray J. Pretty Ricky. Um, That I'm, might not have been bad. How? He, he's by himself. Well, I mean, considering that he was in B2K. So Pretty Ricky didn't really have a solo, like a lead singer. I not going to go up. Yeah, I, mean, I ain't saying a whole B2K. Cause no, I think, what was the, the lead singer who branched out? What was his name? Oh, Pleasure. Pleasure P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, but Omorion was Can't always... Can you say Sammy? Because he didn't have that many I songs. I mean, but Omorion always had like a higher status than Pleasure Mario? P. Yeah. Can't say Mario. I mean, hold on. Because he didn't have that many songs I mean, either. hold on. Because now the verses everybody want to see. Jermaine Dupree versus P. Diddy. Absolutely. Now, P. Diddy said that Jermaine Dupree does not have the arm reach or the catalog to battle him. And that's a lie. No, now, something that Jermaine Dupree said. He said that, you know... I am in rooms that Puff Daddy cannot get in because I write songs. I produce actual exactly. music. But I'm just saying, do you think it's fair if P. Diddy, you know, plays songs by artists that were on his label that he, you know, took no part in producing? No. They, he, but absolute- he's going to do it. But he's going to do okay, it. Okay, well, if, if that is the case, then he really is showing that he do not have that overpower that he think he does. I mean, now, but, he has a strong influence in this music industry. Do not get me wrong with the way that he started off with um, Biggie and everything. He has a very strong influence. Everybody know who Diddy is. He is a very hardworking businessman. Yeah. But when it comes to the actual songs yeah, and songwriting yeah, and producing and everything, yeah. and everything, Jermaine would watch him. With his own songs included. I, I mean, you're right, but I'm just saying, like, if if I look at like the Bad Boy label in totality and everything, but just, that's not it, fair to it, sit here and play fair, a song that you just because they on your label. It's not fair, but it's going to happen. But that don't even make any sense. I mean, but it's the, Clive Davis on a, a versus. He could play everybody. I mean, but the take, <laughs> I mean, you're right. But to take words out of Diddy's mouth, he said, "Don't worry if I write rhymes. I write checks." That's what he said. He ain't it, write no checks to them people that he owe. Uh, how, how, how we know if that's true? <laughs> How we know if that's true? I don't know. I'm just joking. I'm making fun of it. But um, it's something that, like I say, I do admire. I mean, like I say, the influence that Diddy has had on the industry altogether, mm-hmm. from style to the whole, like everything, yeah. you know? I mean, I mean, because Diddy's a trendsetter. You absolutely. know, he was there. You know, he's, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the whole so, making a band show. Like, yeah, just so, the, the, it's, it's, it's childhood memories in a sense. Yeah. Like, he's really made a lot of, you know, I, first yeah. thing, but I don't want him I, to I got to make sure you ain't dismissing Diddy because Diddy, absolutely Diddy not. got a catalog. I, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I'm not dismissing him at all. He's actually extremely smart in yeah. a sense. But what I'm saying is, is that. We're talking about verses where people are battling their work. That's what they're battling, right? Whether they were singing on it's it label, or whether they it's produced it. They're going to do it. It's his label. It don't matter. Like, if you, you didn't write no songs, you didn't produce it, so therefore it should not be played. I mean, but if you do that, then what can he play? Like, don't do that. He was on songs. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, a lot of the songs he going to play is songs he not on. Like, he going to play Juicy. He going to play... A lot of songs from Biggie's. It's it's a lot of songs he gonna play. Oh yeah, and and like he, well, he had a hand with um, Biggie, so I'm not gonna I see mean, him yeah. dismiss him and say and say for him not to play it. I'm just saying that's gonna happen now. Now I kind of want to segue into something now. It's kind of left field, but I want your opinion now. 
matter of fact, hold on. Before I even get to that, remember you said something earlier about kids being fat and how companies should do a better job in, in terms of marketing. Wait a minute. Hold no. on. No, you did not. <laughs> no, no. Remember, Wait. We had the conversation off, off mic about kids nowadays being fat. And you said that. Comp- Why? I don't like no, that. Can you no. please say obese? Being overweight. And okay. You, chubby. And you said that. You feel as as if companies should do a better job of marketing healthier products to kids. Mm-hmm. And, my, and my question to you was that, you know, like, how was it their job? Because if I put my mind, if I put my mind in terms of being the head of like Kellogg's or, you know. Yeah, company, but that's not what I was originally like. like I was saying I make money is, by, by selling the fat, the fat stuff. I know. I know they do. But yeah. that's not what I'm saying. I was talking about like, where did it come from? Who was the person that, that said? Happened, but I, I know, but who was the person that said, "You know what? I have an idea. We're going to sit here and make a bunch of sugary stuff and cater it to kids and showcase it." Mind you, it probably it's a dick thing, right? Listen, but who idea was that? Because in all in all out, they could have really been like, "You know what? We're going to create more healthier items, but cater it to kids." And that would have started the trend setting on, you know I mean, what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, but I feel like even if you did that, like, you know, like, like, for example, if a child is five or six and like they're eating like healthy stuff, like once a child tastes sugar, it's no coming back but from that. But who introduced, that's what I was, that's what I was yeah, talking but, about, yeah, like but the I'm start saying, of it, because I, mean, I feel like I feel, now I, it's going to be like, hard to do because, yeah, we kids, passed that point of all whom? the sugary stuff is out I'm, here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like we passed the point of who did it, yeah. but I'm just trying to figure out like, like. Like, how is it the company's job to market healthier things to us? Because it's the parents' job, in my opinion, to introduce healthy food into the household. I absolutely agree. I do. I do. 100% agree with that. So let's not blame the companies. I was going to say, it brought back back an image of, what was that, Daddy's Daycare or something like that, where they was literally in the... um, like in daddy's daycare they had a little segment of where they was trying to introduce broccoli like make cereal or something out of broccoli and carrots or whatever and the kids was eating it they were eating the food until they sat there and they was like um they mentioned something about you know it actually being broccoli in there and then the kids spit their whole stuff out like jordan close the door what you said keep going (laughs) we live on air Let's go. We live. What you say? So it's one of them things to where it was like, like how they introduced, um, they sat there and they introduced like the, um, like the vegetables and stuff to them, but they didn't, the kids didn't know they were eating it mm-hmm. and they were eating it like, Oh, this is good. Until they sat there and said, I'm, Oh, I'm, that's, uh, that's vegetables. Now this is my whole objective about that. They don't sit there and tell you how much sugar is up in that stuff. You know, they sit there and try to play, oh, it's made from real fruit. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah but as an adult. Juice concentrate, which is sugar. You're right. But as an adult, as the parent, it's our job to educate ourselves. Like I, I said, know. everything is right there in your tablet, your iPad, your phone. Like like I said, like everything is so accessible right now. It so is. So there's no excuse to not have knowledge on so many topics. You can like, do Like, don't that. look at memes on social media. Don't look at memes on IG as a way to guide you because people do that, too. Yeah, but I'm saying people do is, is you can memes. definitely do that. Like in the sense of the parent in the household could really sit here and be like, yo, that food's bad for you in a sense. I guess it do really, it depends because you can't, you got to go about it with, if families are planning to introduce their families to, you know, el- healthier eating styles or whatever and starting them as young, you a lot know, of kids very are young. Broke. A lot of kids are broke though. Like a, a lot of kids don't eat, like they eat whatever you bring in the house. Right. And so that's what I'm saying. You can do that, but you also have to educate them about the types of food that they're eating. Not just putting the plate in front of them and be like, eat, because yeah. at the end of the day, when they go off to school, 
school when they go off. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They're they're gonna they're, they going to eat what they want to eat. They got friends over here with hot Cheetos sitting right next to them. I mean, you're right, but yeah, but like in situations like that, we can't control it. Like, right, like if but your child you can't. But in a sense, you can still educate them, like as they get older. Yeah. You know, like really be raw with them about yeah. all right. This is what happens in regards to what you eat and yeah. this type of stuff. This gonna make and you then, fat, and then not even just fat. Just sitting there. I mean, document. You see all these documentaries and stuff that yeah. they got out there. I mean, the older ones, you can sit there and have them sit down and watch that stuff and see how it really do impact yeah. them. And a lot of them do. You know, some kids really be. You know, might be thinking like, okay, this is mm-hmm. really bad for me. I ain't trying to eat all of that. Yeah. You know, I'm used to eating this or whatever the case may be. But you know, like you said, I mean, they're not gonna uh, forever be in our house. I mean, unless you homeschooling them and everywhere with them, in a sense, like they're not. Because, like I said, like when I was fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old, like I was kind of overweight. I was kind of, you know, quote unquote, doctor, you know, called me obese because every day my mother came home from work, she had McDonald's, she had chicken, she had Popeye, she had, you know, Mm-mm. like like Kennedy fried, like everything was just greasy food because you know, as That's a single mom, bringing. no, as a single mom with three kids, like working. You know, 11, 12 hours and coming home having to cook is tough sometimes. Yeah. So instead of doing that, she replaced cooking with fast food, mm. Chinese food. And we got fat. But at that time, the only thing we ate was what she brought home because we were broke kids. Yeah. But had she brought home broccoli, something healthier, we would have ate it because we had no choice. We was a sugar Sugar home. If that, if I what, had candy, to define, donuts. We was one cupcakes. of the ones where my mom, you like you say, single mom. Yeah, she was working all the time. However, she did cook. You know, her and my grandma did cook. You know, whatever. Cook what? Like healthy food or like you know baby back slab ribs? Like because you can cook, but is it healthy? I mean, it was Fried like greens chicken. and stuff. I had a little turkey necks or smoke. I mean, back then, you know, we didn't really necessarily know the healthier routes of it, mm-hmm. but I mean, they were, they cook cornbread and it might not have been the healthiest, but it was like passed down, you know, generations of, you know, healthy soul food type of cooking. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that they were actually being healthy, healthy about, you know, what they were putting in it, yeah. but they, she did make meals versus, um, you know, buying like KFC and stuff. But the issue was, is that when she went home and it's me and my older sister, my sister ain't know how to cook. So what mm. we was eating was, okay, she used to buy stuff that was easy. Oh, let's get some ramen noodles. Now, you know, good and well, it, that it is not healthy. the healthiest yeah. thing. But we sure was eating them hot dogs, smoked sausages mm-hmm. that you boil and you just put on a little bread with some mayonnaise or mustard or whatever on it. You know, Kool-Aid. That was another thing. You know what I'm saying? Kool-Aid, cereals, mm-hmm. anything that was quick. And yeah. so, that I mean, that, that was... They ain't unhealthy either. All right, now, before I let you go, man. Now, this question is left field, but it popped in my head, you know, when I was in Target earlier. Now, okay, so, and be honest. Mm-hmm. Be honest. Like, what do you think about women who just pee and get up and don't wipe? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. It popped in my head. Who that was left? No, because I throw back to when I was um, working in college. Like, my job in college was, um, I got hired as a custodian. And, like, one of the things I hated the most was cleaning the woman's bathroom. Like, when, like, when, uh, yeah, no, when, mean- like no, when it came to the men's bathroom, like, out the, the offices, I was happy. But when it came time to clean the woman's, like, that was the worst part of my day. I walk inside, you know, it was blood all over the uh, toilet seats. It uh, was, um, uh, I mean, but as soon as you walk, it just smelled like fish. Oh, as no. As soon as you walk in. Because so everybody made, don't take care of yeah, their inner yeah, parts. Yeah, hygiene. Mm-hmm. So it made me think, okay, so... Like women who pee and get up and like even men and like and like the piss is just marinating there all day, Ooh. especially in the summertime because you know like, like Stop. It, no 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 no, <laughs> no hold on because it, you know like even when you like when you pee 
it's residue that gets left behind. Mm-hmm. So if, if you just pee and pull your pants up, Ugh, I'm sorry, I'm just <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine women that do that. It happens. I know. Ugh. It, yes, and I'm just saying I'm, they don't be. No, okay, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I'm, like, and I'm just saying to me that contributes to you know to smell because okay, so it do. Okay, okay, because okay, it's it's summertime. It's a heat wave. It's 98 degrees, and you go pee and you get up at nine o'clock in the morning, and now. Like that pee, the residue is marinating in ninety degree weather to four o'clock. Yeah. So, so hold on. So what do you think about that? Let's get let's get straight to it. It's it's nasty. <laughs> I, I don't know no other word to say that. And un, it's unfortunate that they're um they didn't have a parent to teach them. I mean, I mean because those ways when they were younger because. It, I, I, it made I, me think about hygiene, especially amongst women, because I just yes. thought back to that time, and that was the worst. It is the worst time in my day. And one thing that my mother, you know, and as women who's listening, like how do you learn it? Because your mother tells you that when you start, when you're when you start around that age, when is it, that is it like when a your real cycle comes like on, a blunt conversation, yes, yes. and they and she, like she yo, you gonna bleed? This, it's time she, to. No, well, it threw me off guard, but <laughs> she what, had, what the convo or the blood. I mean, yeah, the, it threw me off guard. I didn't know what was going on. My mama had to talk though, yeah. and but she at that particular moment she sat there and explained to me the importance of hygiene. You yeah. know what I mean? And not and not saying that she's you know beforehand yeah. that talk was yeah of course wiping your butt that was especially taught that when you for women especially. But when you start your like how you yeah. mentioned you were seeing blood and whatever on, all on in the, the side inside, of the seats, I'm spraying that, down the seats with Clorox and everything. When you bring that into the mix, mm-hmm. that is another sit down conversation. Yeah. Conversation that you need to have with your young girls yeah. because you teach them okay you don't just leave it out yeah. in a sense when you're out in the public restrooms or anything you up. have tissue mm-hmm. sitting there you put it in the cover you yeah. wrap it up then you throw it away don't just leave the stuff just sitting out there for the next person to see that yeah and so that's some things that some unfortunately some women wasn't taught that to wrap they it up in a to. sense. No, so seriously, some yeah, women were right. not taught that because I've been in homes yeah. or I've been around people and I just be like, bruh, there is no they way throw the in the world. In the corner, blood yeah, up. Nope, and don't it's do nasty. That. Yeah, wrap that up. And nobody wants to see it. And yeah. so it's something that, you know, like I say, that women, you should mm-hmm. have that talk. It should be talks twice. Yeah, in a in a young girl's life when they're younger and you're potty training them how to wipe mm-hmm. properly and also teaching you know it's constantly teaching and them. Please even- don't use tissue and have like the little lint balls like use Ugh. wipes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something that it teaches them. You know, like you teach them young how to yeah. properly wipe, yeah. and then the same thing when you teach them a young adult, you know young girl mm-hmm. about you know when that time comes. Yeah, but like I said, I, I just had to get your opinion on that. But we're gonna take a quick break. <laughs> I'm gonna come back close out the show, man. Brand new LCP. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm back with final thoughts. Man, I know y'all been seeing this R. Kelly situation, man. R. Kelly was, um, he was facing trial for, you know, a lot of the dumb, stupid, toxic, nasty shit he did the verdict came back r kelly was guilty he was found guilty of 14 underlying acts that included sexual exploitation of a child robbery kidnapping sex trafficking charges he was also found guilty of eight additional counts of violations of the man act a sex trafficking law now i believe that he gets sentenced maybe in a couple months but r kelly has released a statement The statement released by R. Kelly says, To all my fans and supporters, I love you all. 
and thank you for all the support. Today's verdict was disappointing, and I will continue to prove my innocence and fight for my freedom. Hashtag not guilty. R. Kelly, let's boo you, bitch. Shut the fuck up. Now, you know how, like, now, I'm sure we all can agree. Like, you know how, like, if someone is lying for so long, eventually they they just start to believe their lies. Again, like, let me bring it back on myself. Now, as I told you guys before, and um, I believe it was last episode, Surviving Trauma Part 4, like back when I had like my toxic ways and like in my early, well, my early 20s, late teens. Now, there were times before when I lied to myself in, in a relationship. Now, again, it's different in regards to R. Kelly, but when someone lies for so long, they believe their lies because there were times when I told women back then, like lies about myself or lies about why I felt a certain kind of way. And I knew it was a lie, but after lying for so many years, eventually I begun to just believe what the fuck I was saying. And he had been doing this shit for decades, man. But R Kelly and look to all the people out there, I seen it was fans out there at the courthouse protesting for R Kelly to walk free. But what the fuck is your Like, please stop lying. Like, R. Kelly is not innocent, so please stop lying to yourself. Ooh, you a lie. And, you know, over the past couple of days, like, the news coverage has been, you know, it's been crazy in regards to the R. Kelly situation. Now, the representative for Bill Cosby, he came out yesterday, and this is what he had to say. We talked about it today. We talked about it today. And the first thing he said, he was like, look, the guy was railroaded. As he said, that Gloria already did the same thing uh, that she did with him. You parade women out and you stir up the public sentiment uh, to go against him. And, and, and that's what they did to R. Kelly. My client, my, my, my client uh, was conviction was vacated by the Pennsylvania State Supreme Court because they saw the truth. And what we oh, let's stop it right there. Now, Bill Cosby, like his case was vacated, but not because they saw the truth. It was vacated because as the documents have come out, I know a lot of you motherfuckers don't read documents, but the documents came out and said that, you know, this was about maybe 20 years back when Bill Cosby went in court and he admitted to some of the things he was accused of. And by him even speaking and admitting to some of those things, they had told him that you won't be charged because you are speaking about it. But eventually, 20 years later, you know, now with the whole Me Too movement, they went back on what they said and they still charged him, even though they had promised him that he won't be charged. And once they found that out, that's why it got vacated. So it wasn't vacated because, oh, all this evidence came out that said Bill Cosby was innocent. No, motherfuckers need to stop spinning that fucking that fucking lie, man, because a lot of people online, they don't read. They look for memes. They look for bullshit. They go to, to the shade room, ball alert to get their content, to get what they deem as facts. When most of the time, that's not facts. And Bill Cosby, you did that shit. We gonna boo you too, bitch. They all did that shit, man. Now, um, R. Kelly's ex-wife, Drea Kelly, she came out and she was speaking, I believe, on Good Morning America. And this is what his ex-wife, Drea Kelly, had to say. There is fiction. Does it release any of the weight on you that this has been recognized in a court of law and he will serve time, possibly the rest of his life in prison? In a way it does and in a way it doesn't. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's, it's great 
that we've taken a step forward, but it's what happens outside of the courtroom. It is most important mm. that women are supported to even feel like that they have the strength to mm. come forward and tell their stories. If they're still victim shaming, victim blaming, and women being afraid to even speak their truth, we can never get to a court system where justice can be served. So we have to start mm. there first, where when women, children, and even men, because they can be victims of domestic Speak violence, on it. feel supported Speak by society on that shit. to come forward and tell their stories, that's when justice is really going to be served. Let's clap it one more time, man. Because like she said, like what happens outside the courtroom, that's most important. Well, especially now, because I mean, once he gets sentenced, he probably will be in jail the rest of his life. But I spoke about this many episodes that we have to stop shaming women who come forward. Especially black women. I don't give a matter of fact, even black, white, Chinese, I don't give a fuck. If you come forward with claims that you were raped or sexually abused, we have to stop victim shaming. This goes back a couple years back. I believe it was a white woman. She was raped. She was raped. Um shit. Was it after a bar? I wish I could pull up the story. She was raped and the judge told her, Why didn't you just close your legs? This is what the judge, the male judge, told the woman. A white woman. Just so you motherfuckers don't think, oh, you know, when they're white, they get no. Any woman that comes forward has to deal with the same fucking consequences or the same, you know, belittling, the insults. But this month, the judge told the white woman, why didn't you just close your legs? As if she wasn't a skinny white girl and the guy was bulky, he was muscular. So if someone of that stature is trying to rape you, molest you, take advantage, in any kind of way, just closing your legs. It's like, yes, to like the, to a dumbass, to somebody who doesn't think deeper. Yes, that sounds like the best option. That's like if somebody knocks on your door and you open the door and they try to barge in and, you know, the police say, why didn't you just close the door? As if a motherfucker on the, on like the opposite side of that door wasn't strong enough to just still burst in that shit. So we have to get to a point where, we stop blaming the victims, especially when it's a, a, like a high-profile celebrity of high stature because, I mean, these accusations against R. Kelly are nothing new. Like I said, they've been out since I was in middle school. Back when the R. Kelly's um, sex tape was, it was being sold all over New York City, all over the country. But I lived in New York City at the time, and every block we walked in, it was a bootleg R. Kelly sex tape being sold. This back, this was back when I was in middle school. I seen this tape. Like we know it's R. Kelly. I seen the tape. We know it's R. Kelly. But since R. Kelly, his stature was so big, of course he's he's ultra talented. So it's things like that that take precedent over the lives of regular human being women, and that's the shit I hate. Like like I hate using him for an example. But God forbid if Drake was to get accused of raping a woman. Nobody would believe that woman. Why? Because Drake's stature in the music industry is so high. You know, he's an immensely talented male. So any woman who comes out and says, you know, Drake did this, Jay-Z raped me, you know, T.I. did this, it's going to be tough. Like, we see the shit now where women have coming out and, you know, and accused Tiny and T.I. And a lot of the victim blaming is still on the victims. Because when black people are so high in stature in the culture, like for some reason we just defend them to the end. 
And if it wasn't for the Surviving R. Kelly documentary that dropped on Lifetime, let's clap it up for that shit. R. Kelly would still be free. Because that documentary, it swayed the public opinion 20 years later. So imagine the woman who were raped or taken advantage of 20 years ago who had to sit by and watch their accuser, you know, on BET, VH1, all these these award shows, not facing no charges. But then once, you know, the public opinion swayed because of a fucking documentary, now everybody went against R. Kelly. But there, there were victims 20, 30 years ago saying R. Kelly did this to me. And the whole public said, shut the fuck up. So anybody out there, man, if you have a woman who come to you and say, I was molested, I was raped, I was taken advantage of by male, take it seriously, man. And that's how we go in this podcast, man. This is man, John A. Schultz, LCP, Lunchroom Chatter Podcast. Follow me on IG at Lunchroom Chatter Pod. You guys can um, get Lunchroom Plus on Apple Podcasts. Stay tuned. More episodes on the way. I got some, I got some shit coming, man. I ain't going to say it, though, man. <laughs> It's gonna get good though, man. It's your man John A. Shows. We out there, bit. Brand new LCP.